Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. So let me ask you this. When you think about the Holy Spirit, this is, this is a question. Let me prepare you. you get, don't do like, I'm not going to, I almost threw you under the bus. Kind of threw you under the bus. I was sitting over there worshiping, and I was like, I feel like they've got something right there. I thought it was you, but then it was you. So don't do that, man. You got something, bring it. If y'all got something, bring it. If you say something dumb, I'll just take the microphone away from you. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have any worries. If you get offended, that's your fault. Uh, but so let me ask you a question. When you think about the Holy Spirit, what do you think about? Friend. What? Friend. Friend, yes. And I, I do want you to actually answer. So let me hear some of your answers. Peace, Peace. Power. power, comforter, yeah. wisdom, truth. truth. What'd you say? Comforter. comforter. And people online, welcome to the people online, by the way. Let's see you type in there. What do you. Give me a couple more when you hear from, huh? Guide. Guide, yes. Counselor. Strength. Instructor. Instructor. Knowledge. Knowledge. Wisdom. Wisdom. Inspiration. Inspiration. Life. Life. Creativity. Creativity. This this is the sermon today, by the way. We're just going to keep going here. (laughs) But you also think of fruits of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit, you know. Um, but all of those are correct. He is all of those things. And actually, it, it, it's, it's a big task to teach on the Holy Spirit because there's so much said about the Holy Spirit. There's so much teaching on the Holy Spirit. There's so much activity by the Holy Spirit to observe in Scripture, you know. If you just read script, so I like sometimes you get on themes and you read and you read through and you're like, man, this is everywhere. You ever done that? You're like, you, you read and you, it's kind of feels like, well, maybe you read the Gospel of John and it's like this big topic and you're reading through and maybe you mostly focus on, I'm trying to understand what Jesus is saying here. Or maybe you read through it another time and you're like, well, I'm trying to, I want to just watch how Jesus treats people. I'm just going to read through the book of John and I'm going to pay attention to how he treats people. And then you read through it again, you're like thinking about the Holy Spirit. It's like, man, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's constantly following and, you know, moving in the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do with this series is look at how Jesus expressed his faith. You know, because a lot of times we look at Jesus as God, which is, you know, he is. But we look at him as if, I'm, I'm trying to learn from him by what he's saying, and, and I'm, I'm trying to look at him as God speak to me and assimilate into my life what it is that he's speaking to me. But I'm going to give you some homework at the end, and that's read through the book of John this week, and I want to do it together. You can read at your own pace, but I'm going to be in the Facebook group this week posting um, about different chapters and different things. You can turn me down just a little bit if you hear that ring. So if you're on Facebook, and this is especially for non-local people, can jump in there and communicate, but y'all as well jump in there, and let's just hear your insights. But one of the things I want you to do is read through the book of John, 
observing the Holy Spirit, but also observing how Jesus expressed His faith. Because Jesus followed God. Jesus showed us what it looks like as a human being, fully limited to the human experience, but full of the Holy Spirit to follow God, right? So we can not only learn from Jesus as God, but we can learn how He expressed His faith, especially in the areas of following, hearing, and operating in what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. So read it from the perspective of, all right, let me watch how Jesus uh, lived out His faith in the area of following the Holy Spirit. Sound good? I'll remind you at the end of it, and we'll, we'll post it up. But. So one of the things that I love to do is demystify spiritual truth, demystify the work of the Holy Spirit, demystify the things that we, that we get to do, even the supernatural stuff. And I'm not trying to you know, pull the Holy Spirit down and put Him in a box where it's like He only does what I think and believe that He does because He's, you know, so much more vast than our understanding. But I also want to put you in a position where, and, and this word kind of came out in our pre-prayer, pre-service prayer. I speak good English today. <laughs> that I, I, want, I, I want you to leave today with the expectation that you can follow the Holy Spirit in daily living. It doesn't have to be mountaintop experience where you tell that testimony for the next 20 years as that one time that Holy Spirit moved and it was amazing. I praise God for that. I praise that you have, I hope that you have those mountaintop experiences. But, but on the way up the mountain, I pray that you're also daily walking with Him and being led by Him and being influenced by Him in a practical way in a real way. So today, uh, specifically in how Jesus expressed his faith, he talked a lot about what the Holy Spirit would do. And one of the main things that the Holy Spirit would do is testify of Jesus. So when you're expecting to see and hear and follow the Holy Spirit, one of the main things he's going to do is testify of Jesus. He's going to give witness about Jesus. He's going to give evidence and proof about Jesus. Well, what about Jesus? The finished work, what he's done already for you. So a lot of times when we pray, we're asking the Holy Spirit to do something that God's already done through Christ in your heart and in your life. Oftentimes when we pray, we're praying from a sense of lack because the devil has gotten the church into the marketing mindset. Meaning, you lack something, I have the solution, come to me, this will be what finally helps you bridge the gap to experience all the hopes and dreams that God has given you your, your entire life. And if you'll just do this, if you'll just come and, you know, forgive me, I'm not trying to be demeaning, but if you'll just come and go through our program, if you'll just come and get baptized, if you'll just come and read this book, and if you'll just come and let this person pray for you, and if you'll just come and da-da-da-da-da, whatever. Anybody ever done Y'all ever gone somewhere trying to get God to do something that you felt like you lacked in your life and it didn't work? You know, I have to be careful because I really don't want to tear down what the Spirit you know, I want to honor everything that everybody does. The body is the body. We're all called to different things. You know what I mean? But I want to root you in who you are in Him. I want you to stand on the firm foundation that you are complete in Him. You lack nothing. And it is true that whatever you believe, believe that you have received, 
and it will be yours. So we live in the midst of a paradox. Whatever it is that you're believing to receive, it starts with believing that you have received it already. Amen? You are complete in Him. He has given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He has made you great and precious promises so that you would be a partaker of the divine nature. The Holy Spirit is in you to lead you, to give you life, to give you wisdom, to remind you what the Father is saying, or, or to tell you what the Father is saying, to remind you what Jesus said, and to show you things to come, and all the other stuff. So I boiled all of, not all, most of, can we say, let's say 97%. Just that way I can leave. I may have missed something, right? But I put it all down in one statement. So let's read this. And this may be the longest sentence in the history of sentences, but here we go. <laughs> the Holy Spirit lives in you to teach. And these are all, I think, what, I think I'm actually going to go back through this and cite each scripture that I pulled out of. I should have done that the first time create more work for myself, but that's all right. It's a good study. Maybe, maybe you know what? I'm going to give you some homework. <laughs> Take this statement, go through, and, and cite each one of these if you want to. I'll do it too. You can cheat off me. The Holy Spirit lives in you, lives in you to teach, comfort, help, strengthen, lead, convict, give power, remind you of Jesus' words. This is all the Holy Spirit does this. Praise for you through you to bear fruit, set you free, seal you in God with Christ, guarantee salvation, bear witness about Jesus, gives utterance for tongues to influence you, give life to your physical body, to know God's thoughts, bears witness with your spirit that you are God's child, washes you, sanctifies you, and justifies you, makes you a minister of the new covenant, searches you, and blesses you. Is there another page? There should be, right? Because he just keeps going. <laughs> and you can extrapolate out of those a lot of things. But that's what he's doing. Right now, in this moment, this is what the Holy Spirit's doing. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is all at one. He is an excellent multitasker, right? So... Let's look at today, I want to talk about what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit. I think that's a good place to start, right? So a few passages here, John 7, 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Most translations will say belly. I think this is the New American Standard. I love the New American Standard because it does emphasize the heart a lot of time. And when it talks about the belly, it's talking about that innermost part of you, which really is the heart, because that's what God does. God pours His Spirit, His love through your heart into your entire being. And the condition of your heart or the frequency that your heart is tuned to will be how you hear God. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of that right now, but... This is what Jesus is saying. He'll be in you to flow out of you. Uh, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. Say, I have received. I have received. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So once Jesus was glorified, he sent the Spirit, right? Then uh, this is also red letter. It's in Acts. Sometimes people forget that Jesus is present in the book of Acts in the beginning, but this is red letter. 
but this is Jesus speaking, but you shall receive power. Say power. power. When the Holy Spirit has come, say has come. He has come upon me. He has come upon me. Lyle, say that. He has come upon me. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and to the end of the earth. That's what, that's what I heard, by the way. Uh, when I prayed this morning and we walked through that exercise to remember something that Jesus said, that's, this is what he said to me. I will be low. started with low. So... It, I don't use the word. Does anybody use the word low? <laughs> low and behold. Low and behold. Low, I will be with you even to the ends of the earth. That's, that's what I heard. So I'm going to go home and meditate and pray and, uh, and just look at that a little bit more. So John 15, 26, again. But when the helper, say helper. Do you need help? Always. <laughs> but when the helper comes who I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, will testify of me. I mean, that's like a dis... Do you see all that's happening right there with the Holy Spirit? You know, I think Paul took lessons from Jesus in packing so much into one sentence. But this is... There's so much there. Now, again, where I want to go today is this will testify of me. You know, in Revelation, I forget the verse. It says that the... The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In the next couple of weeks when we, get to talk, when we talk about the, the gifts, because a lot of times when you think about the Holy Spirit, some people, that's all they think about is the gifts. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's, I know what your church back, I know how charismatic you are. Your charismatic level is when you, you know. Anyway, sorry. Um, I... I I get to amuse myself. That's, that's a secret of preaching. After you do it a long time, you amuse yourself when you're up here running your mouth. You have some inside jokes. And you, then, then you see, here's, here's my barometer. My inside jokes, a lot of times I don't, I, there's an offense level. How willing am I to offend people to just go ahead and say it? And, and sometimes it gets about halfway out, and then I stop, and it's like, no. Which, happy birthday, Tracy, by the way. Woohoo! And, any, any other. Uh, May birthdays, any other May birthdays? Happy birthday to everybody, yeah. I think there's some cake for you. Uh, I think Sarah got some cookie cake to celebrate the birthdays. She's back there in kids' church today, which I forgot. You forgot to warn, uh, remind me, we need help with the babies. We have a paid job working with the babies. If that's something you're interested in or you know somebody, send them to Heidi, and she'll set up an interview. All right, say Holy Spirit, preach. Here we go. So... The Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus when you need to know the truth in any situation. Let me read that again. If you want to live a lifestyle where you're hearing God, how many of you want to hear God? You want to be led by God. One of the things that he's going to do is testify of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus when you need to know the truth in any situation. Where's Hans? He's back there. Hans is our resident. He's our resident attorney. I was going to ask him about testifying, but it's it's a legal thing, right? When you testify, you are giving evidence. You're presenting proof. You're recalling facts. In fact, when you look up the word testify in uh, biblical dictionaries, 
It's a little bit different than Google Dictionary, um, but it's basically, it's somebody, a credible witness is there to give count of something that should be reliable. So the Holy Spirit is here, standing in the courtroom of our hearts where we judge God, which you do daily in every situation. When you're facing life and you're praying and you know that God has a solution and you know that He wants to help in this situation, but yet you're wondering if He's going to do it for you, you're wondering if it really is true for you. I don't know it's for them, but is it really true for me? That courtroom of your heart, the Holy Spirit is standing there going, you are a child of God, right? He will bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. He will bear witness with your spirit that you belong in the family. He will bear witness with your spirit. This is Romans 8. Same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is giving life to your physical body, and he's bearing witness with your spirit that you are his child. Whenever you feel disqualified, whenever you feel like you've crossed the line, maybe you're out, or maybe that part of the inheritance just isn't for you because you've tried and tried and you've tried to believe, and you keep messing up, so you've disqualified yourself. You have deemed yourself the prodigal, you know, because that's what the prodigal did. He disqualified himself through his behavior. But what did the father think about him? The entire time, the father missed him, thought about him, wanted him home, wanted to bless him. The prodigal, you know, if you're unfamiliar with the story, the prodigal son that Jesus talks about, this young man uh, went to his dad and he said, look, you're rich, you got a bunch of money, I want to go ahead and take my inheritance now, I'm going to go party. And that's what he did, he went and partied, and then he realized, well, that was dumb. Maybe I can go back and work for my dad, he's still got a bunch of money, that'd be better than what I'm living in this pig slop out here goes back and his dad welcomes him home. That's the buyer's translation of the prodigal son, by the way. That's, uh, but what does the father do? Sees him coming, welcomes, welcomes him with open, goes to him to, to wrap him in the finest clothes, give him his best food, put jewelry on his hand to signify you are in the family. That's a... That's a, that's a, 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 a an illustration of the Holy Spirit. You know, the ring that the father put on the prodigal son was a signet ring that, that you're in the family. You belong to the family. Don't touch this one. The father has marked this one. This is a son. That's what the Holy Spirit does, marks you. You are a child of God. That's what the Holy Spirit did to even Cain back then. A lot of times we look back in the Garden of Eden and Cain's mistakes, and we think God kicked him out, and he did. He said, look, now, you can't be here living this way but I'm going to protect you. I'm going to put a mark on you so the people know you belong to me still. Isn't that interesting? God's into marking things. God has smeared you with his Holy Spirit. You are stained forever and changed forever with the Spirit of God that even tells others, especially the enemy. No, this one's mine. Can't touch them. And if you touch them, you're going to have to deal with me. You are sealed in the covenant that God protects by the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit stands inside of your heart, inside of your spirit, speaking to your spirit when you're wrestling, when you're struggling with sin. He'll say, no, you know what? I, I have set you free from the law of sin and death. You are delivered from the curse of the law. You are not your dead man. You were dead in sin. Now you are alive in Christ. 
This is why, see, this is why you need to know Scripture because it is a tool in the hand of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't read the Bible feeling like, well, God's going to be happy with me today. How many of you ever beat yourself up because you didn't feel like you spent enough time with God? That, that's not what he wants. He doesn't want, he doesn't, he doesn't want you to come to him out of obligation. He doesn't want you to feel like, oh, I didn't do enough for you today. I don't know if it's going to work this time because I just hadn't spent enough time with you. No. You know, it's like going to practice. Or I wrestled through elementary all the way up, and, man, I, we did mat drills. We would do 150 takedowns and 150 mat drills, and then we would wrestle for an hour. It was like a three-hour practice every day for varsity. And you just had those moves just drilled in you so that when it came time to actually wrestle, you, you didn't even think about what you were doing. It just was in there. It was, it was the muscle memory was there. The DNA, you felt this. Oh, I know, I know this position. Let me do this, you know. And, and it just was like, that, that's what I want the Holy Spirit to, our interaction with Scripture to be for us is that it's so part of your thinking that when you need to make a decision, it just springs up out of you. You know, I think part of that wellspring of life that comes up out of you is the Holy Spirit reminding you of what Jesus said. Try it. Some of y'all are dealing with things, you know. Um, life happens to all of us. There's incredible loss. There's disappointment. There's people been trying to get healed from diseases and emotional issues and addictions for years, decades even sometimes. Some of y'all are facing situations right now that you really feel like you heard from God in this one way, and maybe it's not so much looking that way, and, and it's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You can hold that in your heart and let it become an offense. You can hold it in your heart and let that disappointment take root, or you can say, I don't know why. I don't know what happened, but... This is what I know about God. And then let God speak to you through Scripture. Let Him use the Scripture to comfort you. Let God comfort you. You feel the disappointment, but let Him comfort you. He's good at it. All right. Jesus says, John 16, 5, But now I go away to Him who sent me. I don't, I don't understand this. But it's really interesting, and I'm glad he told us that this is happening. It's like only one of the Trinity can be here at the same time, and we can't even really understand the Trinity, but it's interesting, but I'm glad he said it. So, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, say helper, let him help you. Will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And this, this section of John is kind of a, one of the major discourses of Jesus' teaching about the Holy Spirit. John 14, 15, 16 specifically. And that's going to be part of your homework this week as you're reading through John once you get to those chapters and maybe even start there and then go back and start from the beginning. So let's keep going. And when he has come, he will convict. And I, this, this, there, this right here, we could spend a month on just these next two passages. Um, I'm going to do it in about two minutes. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Okay, who is he convicting of sin? The world. Now, you could say that's everybody, 
Or you could say that's unbelievers. And there's, there's cause for both. But there's a key thing here. It doesn't say he condemns the world of sin. It says he convicts. And there's a difference between convict and condemn. Convict is to find guilty. Condemn is to punish. He will convict you to help you realize, oh, this is not good. I shouldn't be living this way. But then you realize there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because Jesus became the cursed on my behalf, so I will not experience the condemnation. I will not experience the penalty or the punishment. Now, the sin that I continue in will have its own fruit. You know, God's not mocked. That what you sow, you're going to reap. It's not God punishing you or creating the effects of the sin that you continue in. That'll do it on its own. But what he will do is convict you. How does he convict you? How does the Holy Spirit convict you of your sin? Does he beat you up? Is the Holy Spirit the chief bully? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I shall send a bully to help you figure out how dumb you are along the way. When I send the bully into your life, he will. You know what I mean? He didn't say that. He said the comforter, the helper. So how is he going to convict you? In a comforting, helpful way. Is that too much logic? Think about it. Now, it might not feel very good because some of y'all really like your sin. I've talked to you. Pricked your heart, yeah. He, and it doesn't, you know, it's like, because oh, you already know. Man, we're good at condemning ourselves, but he, well, he doesn't want to condemn you. He'll convict you. He'll show you. It's like, okay, look, this is what you're doing, but this is who you are. He will tell you, no, you're my child, and my children don't behave this way. This is how my children behave. And not for the purpose of, because he needs to look good, or your behavior. Any of y'all parents put pressure on your, or had parents that put pressure on you that way? You had to live a certain way? Well, you're a so-and-so. We don't do that. I didn't really have that. Mine was, this is how you don't get caught by the cops. That's what I was taught. <clears throat> My dad's in heaven now, so he probably thinks that's funny. If he'd been sitting here in this rose, he wouldn't have thought that was funny, but he gets it now. All right, so he'll convict you of sin by displaying all the character traits that Jesus described about who the Holy Spirit is and how he operates. That's how he's going to convict you. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. How does that convict the world of righteousness? How does Jesus going to the Father convict the world of righteousness? I'm preaching. Because that's where your righteousness comes from. Jesus paid the penalty on the cross. He passed through the grave, defeated death, paid the full penalty for sin, rose again with his own blood, went into the heavenly holy of holies, 
cleansed that place, offered his own blood as a testimony of your righteousness so that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you stand in that place just like Jesus does, cleansed, justified, purified, made holy, accepted in the beloved, forever hidden with Christ in God because you're righteous, because Jesus went to the Father to do the work to offer the gift of righteousness that comes through faith. of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Well, I'll just let the Holy Spirit talk to you on that one. There's a Colossians 1 and 2 tie into that, but I want to keep going here. So verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Say, I can now. You know, this doesn't apply to you. They, had, they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet, but you do. You can bear these things. You can hear these things. You can apply these things. You're in a better position than the disciples who he was speaking to at the time. And again, he will testify of Jesus. So the things that Jesus wanted to tell them that he couldn't, that he can now tell us, one of the things, one of the ways is through testifying of Jesus. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And sometimes truth is uncomfortable. But if you have the heart for it, you have ears to hear, you'll allow him to empower you and strengthen you and deliver you to walk into whatever that truth may be. Uh, to me, it's another way of Paul in Romans 8 saying, you know, for those that love him, he's going to work out all things together for good. You know, that, that's one of those scriptures that people just pick out of the Bible. It's like cancer. Well, you know, all things work together for good. Uh, my my, a tragedy in my life, somebody lost their life early. Well, you know, he just works together all things for good. That is, it's disgusting. It just absolutely, it's, 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 un, it's an uneducated application of Scripture. It's cherry picking at its finest by the people who accuse people of cherry picking. It just is. You look at it in context, it's after you've prayed in the Spirit, when you're responding to God's love for you by loving Him, then all things work together for good. You're at a place where you can be led by Him and experience the good that He's trying to do in your life. It's not talking about embrace everything that life throws at you because that's just God working on you to make it all work out. It doesn't say that. It just doesn't say that. I, that one gets me a little fired up. Uh, so when the Holy Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. That's pretty cool. I think about, you know, on a, on a grand scale, you look at what happened in, at 9-11, the Twin Towers, and all those stories that came about, there was only about a third of the people that they expected to actually have lost their lives in that tragedy, only about a third of the people that they originally calculated were actually in the building at the time. And, and th this is difficult. This is one of those areas where we can get offended. But I, and believer, unbeliever alike, God's speaking to those people. And you just heard story after story after story. Well, you know, I just wanted to stay home with my kids today. I felt like I wanted to go and have coffee and take a long breakfast this morning. And so many stories of people that just had a feeling 
They just had a feeling. I think that feeling is present, present before everything you face in life. I don't think there is one thing that you go through that the Holy Spirit was not first telling you what was about to happen. Carte blanche. I don't think there's ever a time you're headed for danger and the Holy Spirit is not standing there going, warning, warning, danger, pay attention. He'll tell you things to come. He'll glorify me. He will take of what is mine. I mean, I, I, I just flashed an image in my mind of Jesus sitting in front of his disciples and he's explaining to them, uh, you know, the whole, when, look, the Spirit's going to come and when he comes, he's going to glorify me. You've been walking with me. You see what I look like. You see how I treat people. You see how I flow in the power of God. You see what I'm doing here. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to remind you of what I've done. You know, because he's telling them he's leaving. I would imagine they're, they're thinking, oh, my gosh, you're going to be gone? What are we going to do? He's like, no, he's going to be with you. He's going to show you. He's going to remind you. He's going to be right here with you, showing you exactly, reminding you what I've said and done. You don't have to worry about it. You know, they didn't have tapes back then. They had to remember, write it down. That's just the picture that I see. I, I remember when I first got born again, and I was, you know, pretty much discipled by Jesus. Wasn't raised in church. Just didn't have a grid for church. Didn't really, wasn't anti-church. Just didn't have any, had no experience with it really. Had no uh, understanding of what it was even for. You know, the church I'd been to maybe a dozen times as a kid, it was a Methodist church and, you know, it didn't really make sense. And the guy was in robes up there and they sang out of those hymns and, you know, I, I don't remember, I didn't, it made no impact at all. I wasn't born again. I was never born again until this crazy wild experience that I had and then got born again. And for like the next five years, probably, which is the, uh, was a good decision, was just, just read the Bible and just interacted with the Spirit of God. And it was a very unique experience where I just know that Je I knew that Jesus was with me. Was, he, was with, he was with me right there in a real way. Like even when I think about it now, it's amazing to think about that somebody as dumb as I was was able to hear God in that way and just let him, let him disciple me. And then when I would read the Bible, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense because Jesus just told me that a little while ago. And it was before I even knew you were supposed to hear God. It just, it just happened. Uh, so, um, you know, this, this makes sense to me. I had a point. What was I going to say? Oh, this is what I'm going to say. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I remember praying, and, and when, I, when I made, when I kind of crossed this bridge to make the decision that I wanted to be a Christian, like I was thankful when I wanted to live the Christian life because kind of toward the tail end of uh, my crazy, wild, weird experience and this time of discipleship directly with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, I was feeling that tug to go to church and plug into the community and, and move this direction, right? And, and, and I couldn't really articulate it, but I just knew that that was the thing that was coming. And I, but, I, but the Christians that I knew, I'm like, gosh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do that. I don't, I don't know what, you know, you feel unqualified even because 
of how the stigma that church had. And I was like, I don't know the Bible. I don't really know. I'm, you know. So I, I remember specifically praying one day and telling God, listen, I need a friend. I would like for you to introduce me to somebody, bring somebody into my life that knows the Bible, that I can call and speak to them and ask them questions. And, and, and if I'm dealing with something, they can show me in the Bible where to go and they'll tell me what you've said about it and just that understands it all that can help me. And he goes, well, you got me. That's what he said. I'll never forget it. He said, well, you got me. And it, like, that built the theology within me for him saying, well, you got me, that he would be right there with me teaching me. And, continue, and, then, and then I thought back over the previous years. I'm like, oh, well, you've already been doing that. You got me. Amen? All the things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit will declare to you that which is Jesus's. All right? You are a joint heir with Jesus. Jesus has inherited all things. Jesus has inherited a name above all names. Jesus is the Son of God who has received the fullness of the kingdom. And you are a joint heir with him. The Holy Spirit will declare to you that which is Jesus, which is also yours. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit will declare to you that which you have inherited because you are a co-heir with Jesus. When you're praying, this is not rocket science, but I want to break it down in such a way where it's functional and we actually engage the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? He'll declare, he will, uh, so therefore I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. He's not giving it to you because it's already yours. He has given you everything that pertains unto life and godliness, but he will declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit will give you an opportunity to believe and experience the manifestation of that which you have already received. The Holy Spirit will declare to you you have been delivered from the power of darkness. Why are you worried about this demonic manifestation that you're allowing to play around with your dreams? He has delivered you from the power of darkness. Why are you continuing to entertain that sin? You have been delivered from the curse. You have been set free. You're dead to sin. You are alive in Christ. Now, you have the opportunity to believe because you have received for it to be yours. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. The Holy Spirit is giving you an opportunity to believe. He's declaring to you that which is already yours. He's not getting ready to do anything. He's not going to do anything. The main thing that the Holy Spirit's doing is reminding you of what He's already done. Now, assimilate that into your real-world living when you're facing life and you're wishing, hoping, and dreaming that God will show up and do something for you. Remember, he has done that thing which you, which you want him to do now. Let me turn. Let me just let it all go. Let me turn to the Holy Spirit. Let me turn to God. Oh, yeah, Jesus said this. Now, let me think about that. What does that look like? You, and you, give, you cultivate it. You tend the garden of your heart. You be that fourth condition of the heart that Jesus talked about in the Gospels, Mark 4, Matthew 13, Luke 8, 
The condition of the heart determines the degree of the kingdom that you'll experience in this life. Sit there with it. Sit with it. Sit with what the, the Holy Spirit reminds you of what Jesus said in that moment. And I'm telling you, th this is the missing link of experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit within us is letting the Word empower us, letting the Word live within us. Spiritual thinking is not when you mystically somehow hear a message from a back room in heaven. Spiritual thinking is when you look at what Jesus has said, says is yours, when you look at what Scripture outlines as yours and you think, yeah, that's possible. It is possible that by His stripes I'm healed. It is possible that He shall supply all my needs according to His riches. I don't understand it in this world because... I see this giant pile of debt, and I see this long history of dumb decisions that I've made with money. You can let those two cave in on you, or you can say, you know what? No, I, I, God is delete, gives me the power to get wealth. He does give me the power to get wealth. He, he has delivered me. He, 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 he is my provider. Man, that, you know what? Wow, yeah, that, that could happen. Are you with me? You ruminate, you meditate, you have some meditate. I needed three. Can you feel? I can feel it. I can just feel it in this moment. You know, and we don't want to be flaky, but there's an active element to the Holy Spirit. It's like you're digesting it, it's being assimilated into you to feed you and fuel you. It's like the opposite of indigestion. You know, we don't ever feel, you don't ever feel your digestion until there's a problem. Then it's like, excuse me. The Holy Spirit digest the word until it's assimilated into you. And then what will happen? You know, then then all things are possible. This should be the effect of us spending time with the Holy Spirit is that which we are struggling with, the possibility of it changing. It just starts possibility. This can be different. I don't, ha I don't have to stay there. I don't have to stay here. Jesus has done something about this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, Bring to remembrance all the things that I said to you. It is this, this is John, so that was John 14, 26, John 6, 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The words of Jesus are spirit and life. Do you see it? The Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will remind you of what Jesus said because the words of Jesus are spirit and they are life. You can take a Jesus word and life pill and it is better than any immune booster than you can take because it tends toward life in a very real way. The Spirit of God is always leading you into truth. 
and this is what I want you to practice this week, listen for the words of Jesus to follow the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus, what, he, what He's done specifically for your situation. He will remind you of what Jesus said. So practice it. Listen for the words of Jesus to follow the Spirit. We did it a little bit this morning in worship. You do it in a way that makes sense for you. And I hope that you do it. You know, I hope that this isn't just a good message for you because some of us, we have decisions to make. We're facing life in such a way where we need to hear from God. And He will speak. God is never silent. God is never silent. Ever. 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 There's never a time you're going to pray and God goes, it's not going to happen. Never silent. I don't care how many books they sell that says when God is silent. He's never silent. In any situation, at any moment, you can turn to God and He is speaking to you. Always. He is broadcasting His signal of life eternally. And you can turn the dial of your heart to that frequency to hear Him. And any moment, in any situation, at any time, no matter how bad you've messed up. So, know the words of Jesus. And this is your homework. Read the Gospel of John. Will you do that? Read the Gospel of John. Pick a translation. I will jump in the Facebook group, in um, the Forward Church Facebook group, I think it's called Forward Church Online. And, and if, you, if you're watching or you're in the room and you are not in that group, <laughs> that was pretty impressive. That was like synchronized coughing. Uh, but if you're, in the, if you're not on Facebook but you want to participate, email us, info at forward.church, and I'll make sure we get these to you. So as you're reading through the Gospel of John, I want you to do this. Focus on the words of Jesus and how he followed the Holy Spirit. So you, you, as you're reading through, uh, don't limit what God wants to do in this particular read-through of the Gospel of John for you for this week. You can read it in a week. In fact, if I think if you read two chapters, two and a half chapters a day, you'll get there. It's, and they're shorter chapters, some of them. But do it. And in fact, even just listen to it. If you don't have time to read it, even just listen to it. Maybe as soon as you wake up, throw it on. Uh, how many of you listen to the Bible? You have an audio Bible? Yeah. I, I like um, the Bible app. There's an app called Dwell. Dwell I really like. You have to have a subscription for it, but it's got in the background different, you can choose different voices, and there's different music that you can play underneath it as well. And there's settings, too, where you can do this, this like, you can repeat a, a chapter, you know, and you just listen to the same chapter over and over you can do a meditate, a, like a span of meditation, so 10 seconds, a minute, or it reads a chapter to you before it goes to the next chapter. It also even ha I feel like I'm giving a, like I'm, I'm not getting paid by Dwell, by the way. I just, <laughs> but it has this cool feature where you can do read-along, 
and it, the the words will actually scroll up, you know. And so if you if you set it there, and you know, because some, sometimes when I'm uh, eating lunch at home, I'll listen to it and I'll put it on the table in front of me. And while I'm eating, I'm just kind of watching the words scroll, you know. Um, there's something about reading it, just watching the words, and it's like reading and reading with somebody else. But read the Gospel of John, focus on the words of Jesus and how He followed the Holy Spirit, and then when you pray. And I hope you're praying. Do you pray? Is everybody praying? Do you pray? Just not like, but you know, it's like, God, we need to talk, man. What's going on here? I need some solutions on this. That's my, my I feel like I pray all the time, all day long. I, I, I don't have a set time where I sit down and like, this is my prayer time. You know, my, my schedule affords me moments and breaks where I can sit down and I just have a habit of turning toward him when I take those times, you know, so it's like, like, it's not like I have a specific time that I sit and pray. It's just kind of whenever it works, but it, but it is a regular part of my life every day, multiple times a day, but it's not necessarily scheduled. I don't know, I just felt like sharing that. And listen for the words of Jesus, right? Listen for the words of Jesus. If you struggle hearing God, get to know the words of Jesus, and when you pray, just listen. Just listen for that. You know, and you might be reminded of something. You know, you don't necessarily want to hear you stiff-necked, whitewashed fences, you know what I mean? But, I mean, if that's what you remember in that moment, remember the Holy Spirit's a comforter. So just sit within it long enough to where there's a, there's a lesson within it, and it becomes life. Remember, the Holy Spirit is not going to condemn you. He'll convict you, but He will not condemn you. So if you're sitting there and you feel condemned, you're hearing something that your heart needs to get out of the way. And we'll talk about these kinds of things as far as hearing on these Wednesdays. You know, I'm not going to do a course in how to hear God, but what we're going to do is we're going to examine areas where Jesus explains how it works so that we understand the working of it, and then we go live it and experience ourselves. Does that make sense? So listen, pay attention, remember what he said. Let the Holy Spirit remind you of what he said. Can you do that? All right, let's stand up. I was hungry already, and I preached for an hour and a half. Not really. Just set your heart on him for just a minute. And even right now, you might be thinking of something that Jesus said. If not, that's all right. But I do want you to practice it this week. If you can, practice it daily. Every morning or at night, just think of something that Jesus said. Maybe it's even something that you read that day. And just practice thinking about it. Practice meditating on it. You don't have to assume the position of the guru and have the 527 megahertz sound running through the background. And you know, you don't, It's like just, just think about what Jesus said. Just think about what Jesus said. Just think about it. Would you think about it? Sorry, there's a guy online. Would you look at that? <laughs> just look at it. Would you, would you look? Just look at that. It's like just think. Just think about it. Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your written word and for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this incredible discourse that you've given us 
in your word about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't want to be mystical, but we don't want to forsake any of this power or any of this interaction of the Holy presence of God in our lives. Even right now, we just turn towards you. We just take a deep breath. We just relax. Holy Spirit, thank you. I trust you. And even as you move today, even as you manifest in this room today, Father, I thank you that you're giving us wisdom. You're giving us insight. People that are in the room and watching online, you're just touching their bodies. Miracles can happen in any moment. You can turn your heart to the Holy Spirit, and that which he has promised to you can manifest in any moment. And you just trust him. Holy Spirit, I trust you. Just tell him that. Holy Spirit, I trust you. I want to get to know you better. I want to get to know you better, Holy Spirit. I, I want to have this daily active conversation with you where, it's, where I, can, I can have the, the security of being anchored in the words of Jesus, but then it can also be this personal relationship that we develop because you are alive. You are a friend. You are with me. I just want to do life with you, Holy Spirit. I don't want to neglect you. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to pray and put you in the corner. I want to talk with you. I want to hear from you. I want to be strengthened by you. And I need to be comforted by you. Father, we thank you for that gift. I don't want to limit you. Father, I trust you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you for your spirit. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather. Uh, we thank you that we get to weekly and multiple times a week sometimes gather and just talk about you and encourage and strengthen each other. Father, I thank you. I know that you have people out there that you desire to be in this community, to be uh, to, to experience being set free from religion, to be healed from the hurts of their past, of toxic Christianity. Father, I thank you that we get to be a place of refuge for people that have been, they've just been through it and done with it. They, maybe they're on the brink of feeling like, I just, I love God, but I don't want any of that stuff. But they need community, Father. We need to be regularly built up. So, Father, I thank you that you're showing each person in this room who they can bring into this environment so we can love them into wholeness and help them experience the power of your spirit. Well, I thank you that there are people in this community, even right now, that you're moving all through this community and you're knocking on the door of their hearts and you're inspiring them to get up and look, to go and look online, to drive over, to come check it out. God, we want that. We want to be a place that receives the brokenhearted. We want to be a hospital that have been through the war of church <laughs> and, and bring them in and help them realize not, not to get an attitude toward other churches, but to just be set free from this external legalistic approach to you where we get to help people know who they are in you and live genuinely out of that place and be set free. Be set free. Father, we want to be that place to set people free from toxicity, to set people free from the wounding of the past. 
And Father, for the people in this community, so thankful. We speak life and health over every single person in this room. Those that are watching that call this their church home remotely. Father, I thank you that you are abundantly blessing them financially to be a blessing. Father, I thank you that even in this moment, your Holy Spirit is speaking to them and showing them how to use money wisely, how to use it for the glorification of the kingdom, and how to use it to teach their hearts to trust you. Father, I thank you that dependency on money is being broken right now. I thank you for the lie of the deceitfulness of riches is being broken right now. That if you don't have enough, you can't do what you want. And if you have enough, you depend on it. That, that deceitfulness broken in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that we are renewing our minds to trust you as our provider. And we have value for what you're doing. And we want to sow into the field that you have given us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to minister, to be a blessing to announce your kingdom and proclaim your good news. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just, see, I just see the Holy Spirit going into your future right now, like your tomorrow and your next week, and he's looking back at you where you're standing right now, and he's saying, all right, now come this way. And some of you are walking like this, and, and, then, and then you're like, you start to hurt him, and he just jumps over in front of you. He's like, no, come this way. No, come this way. He will always course correct to draw you into the, his desired future. So just agree right now, Father, I thank you that you are in my future, calling me into blessing, calling me into life. You are calling me into truth, and I see it, and I look forward, and I see, I see it. I see freedom from debt. I see healing from disease. I see children that are delivered. Father, I thank you for all of your blessings that are along that path that I get to experience, and I look to you. I trust you, and I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.